Welcome to the Geek Centric Podcast, and welcome back to our Watch Club for Marvel's Secret Invasion. To call myself beloved, to feel myself beloved on the earth. Welcome back to Watch Club. My name is Nate, and this is our Watch Club for Marvel's Secret Invasion, Episode 4, titled Beloved, directed by Ali Salim. If you're joining us for the first time, this is Watch Club, our weekly review series, kind of like a book club, but it's way better. Keep in mind, we will be going into full spoilers for this series and the MCU in general. So if you haven't watched this week's episode yet, be sure to do so, and then come right back in a snap. Now, just before we go any further, I do also want to remind you listening uh, that we, we've got a Discord going. You can join our Discord. You can talk to us about this show. What are you liking? What are you not liking? Uh, what theories do you have? Uh, or if you think any of our theories are great, I know you do. Um, so if you're listening to this Watch Club and you want to chime in, uh, definitely cl- click the link in our description uh, and jump into the spoilers channel for the show so we can keep you know, talking all this, this geeky nonsense. But... Uh, before we get the sides of our face shot off, let me introduce you to my fellow Skrulls joining me today. Beaming down once again, we have a Donald, a Dudley, a certified doctor, a dapper Dan, a Dale, and always a delightful young man. He's Darcy the Green Lovin' Hudson. I hope, you know, you said Dale, I went to Chip and Dale, so I, yes. I'll accept that. I'll accept yeah, not that. like Chip and Dale's, though, No, Darcy. no, the, the okay. Rescue Rangers. The- <laughs> That's yeah. correct. Yes, that's yes. where I was I was going with that. Although, if they ever did a crossover, that would be really interesting. I don't um, furry. I mean, I feel like there's a thing, probably. It's, uh, listen, the internet exists. Uh, but joining us by way of the internet uh, with a brand new skin, he's a Jack-Jack, a Jafar, and sometimes a Jon Snow. He's Justin of the Legion of Lawrence. Ah, it's great that you made the Jon Snow reference, uh, given that uh, the episode kind of opens in a Jon Snow way. So <laughs> it's I appreciate very Jon Snow. And yeah. I mean, she's, you know, we got Daenerys <laughs> yeah, basically exactly. copying Jon yeah. Snow. Yeah, I thought you were just calling him Jon Snow because he knows nothing. He knows. Th- <laughs> oh, that's true. That's, that's true. We'll see how much he Burn. knows uh, Burn. after today's Watch Club. But, um, you know, I think we've got uh, Gravik finally, you know, showing us that uh, his power other than extremists in this episode um, and I wanted to, before we dive into the episode this week, uh, I wanted to start off by asking for you two, Groot Arms or Extremis? What are you going with? Extremis? I mean, Groot looks like he can heal from stuff, I guess. I mean, if you assume he's got more than just the arms of Groot, but the Extremis seems just somewhat more, much more handy and, you know, not as weird as being, becoming a tree. <laughs> Yeah, there is something a little a little strange with with the tree stuff, but uh, I don't know, man. I think for me, I'm going Groot arms because like You're I short. think I, I think I'm sh- well. <laughs> yeah, there's that. Thanks, the tallest one of the group here. Uh, but uh, but no, I think I think I think there'd be there'd be heartburn side effects with extremists, and I'm not I'm not about that. You know what I mean? I think you get a bit of heartburn, skin rashes or something. I don't know. I don't know. I already have enough like burn in between the thighs. I don't need. I don't need extremists I, doing I that. Tend, yeah, <laughs> I tend to run hot naturally, um, right? But I, I probably would go with extremists because, uh, like you said, I am tall. I don't need the extra. Like, well, you I won't feel need like, to ever lean over a exactly. Bend down I don't again. need to. Yeah. I don't need to ever like you know like stretch my arms to grab something. I can more than likely grab it, right? Um, right. <laughs> so, and I, honestly, if I had to jump and get it, uh, you know, and hurt myself, well, I I just heal. So I'd probably go. Okay. With the extremists, I think that that works as a, as a power set. Uh, you know, at least in 
In the case of this episode, it definitely it did. Definitely <laughs> did. It definitely did. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, before we we die trying to save the president, uh, let's get right to that exact moment. We start off uh, right where we ended last week, seeing Gaia's body on the ground, and we get a brief flashback showing us that before leaving. Uh, the compound, she extracted information from the original human doctor, Rosa Dalton, uh, to learn how to give herself extremist powers, and then she did. Uh, as we see this, her chest starts to glow, and we see her John Snow back to life uh, as the extremist heals her bullet wound. Uh, so Gaia has extremist powers. Uh, how do you feel about the way they brought her back? Was it satisfying to last week's cliffhanger? How they brought her back, I don't mind. It's the fact that it was so soon. I feel like this almost could have been the episode closer to give us that another cliffhanger of her, you know, coming back to life. Right. After doing this little flashback of what led to those moments again. But, uh, yeah, I mean, her having an extremist is neat, I guess. It's cool. I, I, I'm wondering where that's going to go from here, because obviously she's not in the episode much after this. So it's, it right. leaves a lot of a big question in the air of what what's she going to do with this power now? Well, it was convenient, is what I would say. It was yeah. very convenient to do. You know, even the way they left the last episode, you're like, she's not dead, right? Right. You know, she's coming back, and you know, the fact that they tied in, you know, she's kind of stealing from Gravik this this ability that you know he's he's obviously uh, trying to pioneer for for future scrolls to, as he says, super scrolls, right? Super scrolls. Super. Um, I I think the the interesting thing though, obviously, is that she didn't go. She went to the human mind, like the the original doctor that they had locked up in the pod. So that means then, were they already like doing splicing beforehand? I'm I'm uh, I'm curious some... to I'm curious to know like yeah. because like it, I, I would have thought that it was you know probably a mix. Maybe, but you know, like they maybe she started it, and then you know the the scrawl doctors or scientists, if you will, that are assuming the doctor's role uh, would then uh, uh, you know be taking it further. But in the case of what we saw, it seems like she just went to the the source, and I don't know, maybe maybe it's something else entirely. But I, I just thought it was interesting. It maybe she is, maybe there's been, maybe there's instances where they are trying to build and splice, uh, you know. And who's this doctor? Where's she from? Is she from Sword? Is she from Shield? Who knows. I, I think Hydra? it was more just. I feel like she was maybe just boring the skill set because the scrolls probably aren't that well versed in you know human technology for studying these things or everything like that. So maybe it was someone like they 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 took her for her her expertise and are using her memories to build mm. this device and that's kind of the ground basis for it all. It is interesting though because again, why would they have this like super genetic? scientist in their in their banks there like what why why what was she doing before that are we gonna get mutant flashbacks is this gonna be a connection to mutants i'm so so ready for that i love that (laughs) idea darcy i've got i have a theory for this but i want to bring it up a little bit later so i I definitely have a theory that ties into where dr dalton uh, may have come from how she got involved but um listen don't get me wrong i'm i'm stoked that amelia clark is still in the show um and in the mcu in general uh, but, but did I you think, have any doubt? Did you have well, any? No, doubt? no, no. I, I didn't have. I didn't have doubt. I think. But what Darcy said, I think. I think. Yeah, it might have worked a little bit better if that. If it, if they had ended the previous episode in that way of her coming back. I think the 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 logic part of my brain, which doesn't come up too often, I'll tell you that much. But the logic part of my brain while watching the show popped up and sort of said, "Well, when would she have time? Like between." 
between you know Gravik knowing that she was actually the one that was betraying them to Talos telling her to run. When did she have time trying to escape to to do all this? I just had a hard time pinpointing it, and so it's like again, I think I think her her extremising herself is cool. I just feel like to your point, Justin, like you said, it's convenient. I felt like it was kind of the easiest answer, uh, and that's what they went for. And and I, if it has some sort of payoff in the end, like maybe they show that she has other powers or she uses the extremis in some creative way, then sure, I might be kind of okay with it. But for now, it just it felt a little cheap to me. Yeah, I agree. I, I also think though that like, you know, the 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 show seems to be play, playing very fast and loose with, you know, how you can who you can trust and what you can believe. And there's this constant cycle that's existed in these in these four episodes where they're kind of posing something and then they're immediately answering it. Like mm-hmm. it, there's not much of a mystery outside of, I guess, characters and their and their intentions and who they are, which we will obviously talk about. Um, but that doesn't seem to be as as relevant as it should. Right? right. So then when a moment like this happens, it's kind of obvious. It's like, well, she's going to come back. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I thought it was very convenient. Mm-hmm. Again, you can almost, it's almost understandable why she went the route of get, taking the powers for herself, too, is because she saw what Gravik does to traitors. So she knew there was no way out without getting a bullet in her chest. So maybe mm. this was the only way she could think of to, to get out of the situation while still, still taking that bullet. So I don't know. Again, I'm interested to see where this goes, at the very least. Yeah, I was just going to say, you were, you were mentioning when it happened uh, in, in the time frame. Uh, I don't, I, in all honesty, that was the least of my, like, in my mind. Like, I kind of believe based on the way that the last episode was structured, how she was, like, slinking around their their base. She was she was trying to figure something out. So now it just made sense. Oh, well, that's why she was she was there. She was slinking around to kind of It just didn't this. feel like, it just didn't feel like hours had passed. You know what I mean? It felt like it was all kind of happening at once. It seems like it's a pretty quick process. You put something yeah. in, you do that, and you just turn a switch. It's not <laughs> like- should it be just? Should it well, be that quick of a process? Well, but it's to it's just it, like I don't I don't like I don't think <laughs> I, I think like maybe the healing process. I think maybe you're thinking like it doesn't seem like it takes long to actually blast yourself with this power. Maybe the healing process after she's like she came out of it like not feeling anything like she's completely fine. Maybe that throws you for a loop. But I I think that it doesn't seem like it's uh, overly difficult, especially no. if you steal the process from the human body and you're like, okay, I know how to do this. Ding, boom, chick. There you I guess, go. I guess. Extremis. I, got I don't know. I just feel like this show has been so smart up until this point and for it to kind of not True. really I don't know. Maybe I'm just dumb. I don't know. I just I didn't know. I, didn't I, 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 I but I think I think I would say last week's episode as well was very weak and it started yeah. to dumb down a yeah. lot. So, you know what I mean? This is just a further example of that. I mean, the one thing that has me questioning myself most after watching four episodes of the show is how do their clothes shape shift? And what yeah. happens when they die? Like, is that just their skin that didn't <laughs> die with them? Like, I'm there's there's a couple of videos online with with something I, I saw in in Captain Marvel. There's some sort of purple gem that they wear. I believe it's that almost like an armor shifts their the clothing. Body, yeah, like their body like replicates as part of their. I'm pretty sure that's shifting. It. But okay, like, if it was explained, there's, there's a specific. I well, I don't know if it's ex- Marvel, but I just. I but I, I know, I know. At the end, well, when we get there, yeah. there is a moment where you can kind of see it happen. Yes, right. You kind of see that mm. where where he, where where that transition happens. So you kind of start to understand how it fits into the overall shape shifting power that they have. Um, but it feels like it's some sort of a suit. 
based on yeah. the look of it. Like it's okay. Weird. I just we haven't talked about it yet. I figured yeah. I'd bring it up, and, and this felt like a good time. <laughs> yeah. Well, there we go. I think yeah. I, I don't know if we'll ever get that fully explained, but I, I think there's a few. Yeah, there are a few videos that I've seen that are trying to talk about that. Um, but listen, we cut, we then cut back to Paris, circa 2012, right after the attack on New York, and we see Fury searching for Vara in a Parisian restaurant. Uh, and as she, uh, sorry, as he sits down with her, she comments on the heroics in the states and how she knows Fury must have had something to do with getting them all together. She tells Fury he has a powerful sense of righteousness. He understands that the universe is a dangerous place, that home is worth fighting for. And that the weak are worth protecting. Fury comments on the Raymond Carver poem book uh, that Vara is reading, asking if she has a favorite poem. And she has him read back to her the first line of the poem, Late Fragment. Um, And she completes the poem by saying, to call myself beloved, to feel myself beloved on the earth. So this continues the the sort of the trend we've seen in the last three episodes of giving us flashbacks with Nick and Vara. What did you think about the callback to 2012? Uh, and what do you think Vara is really saying by choosing that poem in particular as her favorite? I, I don't know. I think I think the the importance of the poem is that uh, you know she's she's looking for home. And I think belonging is kind of that that. Uh, allegory for for home and Mm. and what what that means and i think it speaks to the scrolls and what they've gone what they're going through but for herself and as as the person that she's now become uh vara you know i think i think she's looking she's she's low-key proposing to nick fury you know Mm. if you really break it down (laughs) but at the same time i think she's she's putting it all on the table if you will and really making it clear that that she is looking for some sort of sense of stability Mm. she's looking for some sense of of of, of uh, consistency that isn't her trying to hide and find a new home. But yeah, bringing it back to 2012, the show continues to do this sort of dance of flashing us back to different points in Nick Fury's life so that we can kind of see the character of Fury, uh, sort of understand him a little bit more. We, it's it's definitely, a, a, this series has been a great uh, exercise in just showing us that. If, it, if it's it. doing anything successful, it's it's showing us the backstory and these in moments attached to other moments like i'm just waiting for when you know uh, it's post blip and i think what we're really getting to though with fury is that there's a um sense of power loss that's where he is right now mm. he feels like he's losing power i mean i just think it's really interesting talking about going back to the poem is the fact that she chose one that says on the earth like that's mm-hmm. how yeah. it ends is that she's willing to make like she cares enough about him that she's willing to call earth home mm-hmm. to be with him type thing so i think that's really cool it really shows that the this relationship is much deeper than just a, a passing attraction that, you know, we may have happened back in the eighties or nineties or whatever. Like this is, this has been a long time coming and it's really cool to see that. Uh, now the flashback to 2012, I think is just, it's uh, again, giving us that timeline, like Justin was saying, like a point in uh, Nick Fury's life when he's, you know, kind of still on that rise to power where he's almost at the strongest he's ever been having assembled the first super team and all this stuff. So it's really cool to get these snippets of what he was outside of being the Fury and, because again, uh, Vara calls him Nick. So mm-hmm. yeah, like she no one calls him Nick except for his wife. No, so. she's allowed to have a Nick slip. Yeah, you know, she, there's no like, Nick slips in her book. No so. Nick slips. No, in for her sure, book. she doesn't. She doesn't get scored on Nick slips for sure. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, I, I think I think though that that also highlights the the personal touch of their relationship, mm-hmm. right? 
Um, you know, we got that moment earlier before in, I think it was episode two, where we see them kind of trying to build a new life for the Skrulls. I wish we had spent a little bit more time there to see how their relationship kind of grew rather mm-hmm. than just throwing us in. Well, now they're they're married and they love to see the meat cute. You want to see yeah, the meat ex- cute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> moment. Yeah. Um, I think I think in this in this moment for, with this poem in particular, um, I, I also kind of took it in a way that because I felt like by that point they they already are in a relationship you're right Justin this is her can we take this to the next level can we can we you know find a a home to, even just together on earth but I think it's also her reminding Fury of his promise uh not just to her but to Very good the Skrulls in general because you have to remember remember this is right after the right. Avengers and what we were talking about in previous episodes Darcy about Nick uh, or Fury, sorry if he's listening. Um, <laughs> I just had a Nick slip myself. Apologies, um, but I think <laughs> I think um, I think Fury himself is is easily distracted um, by the Avengers, or she worries that he is going to become distracted by the Avengers and 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 get distracted from his promise. So I oh, think that, that totally that totally lines up, man. I right? I'm with you. Yeah, that totally checks mm-hmm. out. I agree. I think that 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 is a well well thought out uh uh analysis of that scene and it totally makes sense it that is exactly what they're doing right yeah yeah she's like don't don't forget like what you were talking about like so again i i see it because i and i think that's the nice thing with their relationship is even even when we get to kind of the the bigger moment their relationship is very much sort of a it is kind of like a will they won't they it is kind of like uh uh they're they're they they do love each other but they're also kind of like they're willing to throw throw back and forth and when you're when you're with Nick Fury you know you got to have the the chops to do that and i think Vara does um one last thing i do want to say about this sequence though um yeah i'm loving these flashbacks Justin i'm i i think they're so i love seeing these stories from within the the stories that we've grown to love right like we talked about this when hawkeye came out and with that scene with with young kate bishop as cheesy as it was i thought it was so cool to see another perspective on the attack on new york so to be able to kind of like i would honestly and and i know we were even talking offline earlier today about like maybe marvel needs to like slow down on the amount of stuff that they're introducing but i would i would be so down for an an anthology series Like imagine a live action anthology series, but it's different perspectives from from people around the MCU, right? It's different people like they're they're reacting or they're they're living through moments that are that we've we've seen before. They tried that, right? With did the they? one sh- with oh, the they one did shots. do those one shots, yeah, yeah, with some of those like those outside perspective people trying to. That's how they establish people buying alien tech to like right. sell and whose hands are getting it on, are getting on it, and how it kind of becomes weaponized and stuff. But I, I agree. Like I think that the the flashbacks are the most interesting part of this series so far, in that it, it really does shed light on on the character of Nick Fury, and that was kind of what I felt after watching the first two episodes. Right, right? was just sort of walking into it as like this is very much a a ballet of of kind of a character study of of Fury from a past and present sort of standpoint right but I, I think it's a great call out as well like that poem why she's there talking i didn't even i didn't even yeah, think man. that and i totally think that that's that's entirely she just has the, the newspaper like perfectly set up they're like yeah, oh would you yeah. look at the news like yeah exactly yeah. they yeah, line up totally. that makes sense um okay so then we cut to a church where we see vara meeting with Rhodes, uh and it becomes very apparent pretty quickly that this is not the real Rhodey, uh, confirming our Nick Slip theory and what everyone else on the internet has been saying this whole time that, yes, Rhodes is a Skrull. Skrull Rhodes, 
says what Gravik needs or doesn't need, that's none of your concern. I'm the one telling you to kill Fury. We see Fury listening to their conversation back at the house, uh, and he sinks into a bench when Vara says he's broken. Skrull Rhodes ends the conversation by saying, you keep telling me what you're not going to do, and I'm going to show you what I'm going to do. And I love that line delivery. <laughs> uh, and he tells her to enjoy the concert. So, okay, this we got to talk about this. Given that we're, we, we've now got the confirmation, absolutely 100% that the this is a Skrull version of Rhodes. Um, and hopefully we'll learn in the, within the next two weeks, at some point, hopefully when the real James Rhodes got abducted. I, I really hope they just tell us when that happens and don't leave it up to, you'll never know. Um, so... Starting with Darcy, I want to know, when do you canonically think they pulled the switch? Well, I mean, we already talked about I it. I know. This is, that's I mean, my answer, is, too. Yeah. I mean, we called it, man. I feel like they're gonna, if they don't give it to us, then I will believe our theory wholeheartedly because it makes sense. The fact that the swap happened after he, the, the UN meeting that we first see Rhodey in when he's you know acting like the road we know and love before he becomes yeah. the dick that wants to try, uh, hunt Fury down. So. Yeah. I yeah, that's when it happened in my gotta be. So. Yeah, gotta the roadie the 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 roadie that Nick Fury meets in is it episode one, uh, episode two. In episode two, it, that's not that's not roadie, mm. right? No, like no. you know, I think I think the the first instance is is uh, where we see and understand the character is definitely there. Mind you, though, there is that phone call that they have where he's like scoping out, but at the same time. You know, could that have been Rhodey as well? Right? Well, see, this is where this is what we thought. We thought it was that was real Rhodey, but on the other end was fake Nick, right? Was was Gravik or someone or just another scroll setting up the meeting, and then the meeting happens at Burner's Tavern. Oh, I see. And it's real. It's real Nick. Oh yeah, because he is on the phone with Nick. Yeah, Rhodes, he's on exactly. The phone with Nick. Yeah. Right. So I feel like they and and there might have been an off-screen call to Fury sure. that we didn't see. Something yeah. like that. Maybe they'll explain that in a, in a flashback. I just feel like I've seen so many people saying that it, it happened just before Falcon and Winter no, Soldier. They didn't. They're not, and, they're not that saying that. They're saying what sit, if it happened. But it doesn't what sit right with it me, Justin. Right. No, I it agree. Doesn't, it doesn't. It ruins doesn't. that moment. It ruins that moment in the museum that, between him and Sam. And, his, and the importance of his character yes. in that in that in that series for Sam, like yeah. that served such a valuable don't moment don't do that Marvel. No, no, they won't. I don't think they will. If they do, I think they'll they'll definitely hear about it. Yeah. But I honestly think that it makes the most sense that it happened in this in uh, the series. in the show in yeah. the series, mm -hmm. and it happened off screen. And I think that's part of the mystery um, of 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 figuring out who who this person is and why they assume the identity well we know how why they simply assume the identity you know come yeah on. i mean it also makes sense that would happen during this this timeline too because they had that whole un crisis that roadie had to go and speak about because you know america's being accused for this terrorist attack i feel like that almost sets up the fact that he couldn't bring his armor on his peaceful you know He's going to a summit or something like that. Right, so that'd be the perfect. It would time look really bad if he brought, him. yeah, if he brought the suit. So he probably doesn't have the suit, and they're just using his face for the power for now. Hopefully, hope, trying to get back to the states. I don't know. That makes a lot of sense. But yeah, that's 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 my justification at least. And then Scroll Rhodes also says he DT he DDT'd him off the top rope like the Undertaker. Um, I reached out to our uh, resident wrestling expert he connoisseur Kevin. Uh, and yeah, Kevin, Kevin told, said that never Undertaker did. never did that. No. Um, which is, it's one of those things where I'm just like, okay, so this scroll is, is like, maybe has been on earth since 
the 90s when The Undertaker was most popular. I'm wondering if if maybe they were part of the first batch that we saw in episode sure. two. But yeah. like they just they only watched maybe they know a little bit about The Undertaker, but not enough to actually make this well, reference. They didn't like see they're every a fake match. fan. That's for sure. They didn't see every <laughs> Maybe match. that's but it. I, but like, you know, I was like thinking in my head because he's so tall. Right. Like yeah. I was into wrestling as well. But I was like, there's no way off the top rope Undertaker would do a DDT. Right. What's and a that, DDT? Even, Can you explain that for a non-wrestling fans? Where you lock in a headlock, bend them over, and then you crank back and you, you push their head into the ground, kind oh, of damn. knocking them out. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. Uh, it's it's a little bit more of a concussive, like disorienting your your opponent move. Yeah. Uh, but what he would do on the top top rope is he would walk the line. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a, a name for that that I'm probably forgetting right now. But he would walk the line and then he would arm chop you from the top <laughs> from like the middle of the rope, okay. and he would like he would knock you out. Right. So uh, then why didn't that, say that? that was his move, right? Like, yeah, I don't you know. know. He clearly wasn't a taker fan like us, Justin. <laughs> no, I know. I, well, like a taker's a great name to drop. You know what I mean? But then when he said it, I was like. I don't think Taker has ever done that. I don't think he would Could've ever said do choke that. Slam. I mean, that exactly. is what he's known for. <laughs> exactly. I fully We're went just... in there and choke slam. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. the or... moment that you guys would have realized that this isn't the real <laughs> the real road to be like, oh, I you. also I also think that we as the geeks that we are, are breaking it down. I just think that maybe it was a writing mistake. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, like, you know what I mean? They said DDT. I straight up went in there and DDT'd them. Yeah. Like Undertaker from the top ropes. It's like uh, you know that that doesn't that doesn't check out. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know what the what the 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 Venn diagram looks like of Marvel fans and wrestling fans. I'm sure it's pretty it's pretty big. Dude, most of the people that you know, put, a lot of people like again, Marvel speaks to everyone. I think wrestling is you know obviously it has its its niche audience for sure, yeah. but it's also a billion dollar industry. So yeah. there's yeah. a lot of people that it. Spider Man got started in wrestling, so. Uh, we quickly see Gravik <laughs> and Pagan uh, leaving a plane with some soldiers. Uh, Gravik asks the soldiers to make it loud and make sure the Americans believe that they're Russian soldiers, um, which Stupidest I saw someone scene point ever. out that, that Stupidest Russians scene ever. usually aren't that loud. Um, yeah. But we, we then cut to a peaceful, serene moment between Talos and Gaia as he apologizes for ever having brought Gaia into all this. And she rebukes his apology, telling him everything she did, she did it of her own free will. She asks him what is his plan to find their people a home. That's all she needs because Gravik has already implemented his plan and it works he says they'll take down the insurgency and then after that they're going to go to the president of the old usa and he believes that they can secure amnesty for the remaining million of them because they'll just see the good of their hearts or something uh this isn't good enough for gaia who wants to live in her own skin and doesn't believe that showing humanity their hearts will ever actually work she calls her dad delusional and says that's not who we are and that's not who i've become and storms off so, Justin, is Gaia, is she lost at this point? You know, she's, why, why do you think she's so against the idea that humans will ever accept them? Uh, I think she just knows from what she's seen. Uh, you know what I mean? I think there's a sense of experience that she's talking from. I think the idea that I think she's m- more on the nose with, with how things would be handled mm-hmm. versus Talos. I think he is a little delusional um, and, and kind of, you know, He's hopeful. I think he's hopeful. He's hopeful, mm-hmm. but like at the same time, it's like I don't think he's as dialed in as yeah. what Guy has seen, right? right? And I think that that is that is where she's coming from. Actions speak louder than words, even if they're not the right, right actions yeah. necessarily. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, Talos is a broken man. He's a general yes. who probably who lost a war. He yep. saw his people broken by fighting and stuff like that. And I can see him wanting to go the peaceful route in any foreseeable campaign because sure. he's seen what fighting does. So that I understand why he's the way he is. And I guess Gaia, maybe because she was very young on Earth and she's had some some, you know, the influences of Earth aren't very kind. I mean, humans can't accept it themselves. Like we we're fighting with each other constantly and that's not a, that it's been a thing since we could walk and talk essentially. So they know that as soon as something else that's different, we're also going to fight that too. That's just kind of inhuman nature. Maybe that's what she's afraid of. Cause I mean, we're seeing that around the world in the real, real world. So yeah. Well, I'm even wondering if they, if they might even like, if we might get a flashback and we see that, uh, that, that I don't know that, that Gaia was mistreated by human bullies when she was like a little, girl or something like that or you know what i mean like there could be some sort of reasoning behind that that might sort of push this narrative a little bit more because i i think the only thing that like i kind of got from it was that i think she's just really pissed that her dad doesn't actually have a plan a plan it's like it's not he it's like he made it up on the spot yeah but yeah no i i I totally agree and i think that the other thing too is like to your point darcy he's he's a broken man which his story obviously runs parallel with that of of fury and we see mm-hmm. you know how they're both broken in their own ways and you know have a little bit of a ptsd if you will and and you know wear their their scars um i feel like the that to me is it, you know the, the main thing here is definitely a a point of perspective like you know i've lived through war we've been running we've been hiding i just want to be have a, a peaceful end to to this situation best we can and we're going to stop gravic and she's just like you know that's not, not good the way enough. that's yeah it's not good enough and that's not the way i see the world like mm-hmm. i think w- the way i see the world is different from you dad and i feel like he i feel like he might even feel more comfortable in his human skin than in his his scroll exactly skin at this I, point uh, absolutely yeah like as soon as like we'll we'll talk about it later but when he gets shot you know the way people start looking at him like it just suddenly becomes like it is easier right? yeah like it, it would be easier just to live in your skin i will say though that both this scene and the scene before it, as I said, you know, with Gravik and, you know, oh, I dealt with the mole. And, yeah, you know, yeah. You be big like Russia. And then, <laughs> then you have like this sort of peaceful, serene moment that, in my opinion, was written very heavy handedly mm-hmm. and meant to be very small bite. And I, I don't know if we really got the sense because I, I agree with you. I think the, the way the scene was written really does come off like he has no plan and yeah. this is what he was going to do. Whereas like Darcy and I, Darcy, you, you, as you were saying, like if we break it down and we think about his past, like they could have leaned into that a little bit mm-hmm. more, but time wouldn't have allowed it. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. of, of how like rep- rapid this episode is from thing to thing. And that scene with, with Gravik felt like these two scenes were just generic fillers just so we, we can establish character placement, if you will, of where, where they are emotionally and also physically in, in the story. Yeah, because I mean, and and again, this is this is the Nick Fury story. But but I think when you've got someone, you know, these two very talented actors in this scene, I think I think they could have been owed a little bit more exactly uh, than what they were given exactly. in this episode. And I think yeah. I think for for and we'll get to it um, with with uh, Nick and and Vara and that scene. I thought I actually thought was was phenomenal. They're That's also the best phenomenal, part, sure. yeah, yeah. but. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, I, I feel as though, yeah, there's definitely a misbalance, uh, in this story that is about Nick Fury, but, but they're also trying to say it is about Skrulls as well. And so it's like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't quite feel as Stick much to a lane. 
Yeah. Stick to a lane. Sure. If it's about Nick Fury, then how? Why are the Skrulls trying to take out Nick Fury? Mm. Right. And then t- he uses Talos and Gaia to help him. Right. Right. Like I just I don't know the point of like. It just seems all muddled. Yeah. Right now, after after three and in, into this, it's like as you can tell, I'm very frustrated by this episode. <laughs> it's okay, right? Justin. It's okay. But listen. I, I I feel like I feel like again to your point, you're right because the follow up scene that we're about to talk about yeah. really does make this episode. You know, save the episode, in my opinion. I think so. Yeah. Um, so back at the house, Vara enters to see Fury has taken off his ring, and the two sit down for some tea. And Fury straight up tells Vara that she was his greatest mistake. Oof. Uh, but that, you know, he, he, he doesn't know. Uh, sorry, he also doesn't know that if given the chance, he would do anything different. Vara explains to him that Dr. Priscilla Davis has, uh, or sorry, had a congenital heart defect. Uh, and that after befriending her, she came to terms with what she was really doing and asked Priscilla if she wanted to fall in love. She told her about uh, she told her about Fury and Priscilla made her make her three promises. One, that she would be buried at sea. Two, that she'd continue a relationship with her parents. And three, that she would never hurt Nick Fury. And after collectively reciting the lines from Late Fragment, they both draw their pistols and shoot, both deciding to miss. Before he leaves, Vara asks Nick uh, if she, if he's uh, sorry, if he'd still had loved her, uh, had she never changed. And he responds by saying, "Guess we'll never know." So at this point, do you think Fury and Vara will still be together by the end of the show, or was this them in their own way saying goodbye once and for all, Darcy? I feel like it's more than just being like, "We'll we'll see how this." plays out and come back to us at a later point it doesn't feel like this is the end of their story Mm -hmm. it's just a a small you know pit stop or road bump or whatever you you will their their story will probably continue more but it's going to be dependent on how this whole secret invasion plays out i think Mm. if she if she lives i don't know Mm. yeah exactly no scroll roadie was like i'm gonna come for you if you don't if you don't take care of nick yeah essentially so um but yeah i think that this was them, you know, this uh, this scene juxtaposed to the scene from 2012. It's it, it's such a that that I really appreciate mm-hmm. from this episode. I think that they really work the beginning of their relationship where they're really talking about things. And I think to your point, sort of a closing or an end to their relationship here. Um who knows? I agree with Darcy. I think there's always obviously as we know anything is possible in in the MCU. Right. Right? But at this point, it's clear that he can't trust her. Yeah, she's in danger. Uh, so probably, you know, going going dark would be would be a good idea. Keep keep the distance and and you know let her you know figure out and protect herself. Um, but I also thought it was really confusing how this the 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 scene with with him eavesdropping on the Rhodes and Vara conversation. Mm-hmm. I thought it was. I thought he was in on it at first, oh, okay. because of how casual it was, and that she was going there to kind of do recon, right? And I was like, oh, so he's in on it. Like he he knows what's going on, but that wasn't the case. Um, but then you know when we come back, it, it, you know things slowly unravel, and that they make that quite clear. But I thought it, I, I don't know if that was uh, something I missed. Or if it's just like no, I, I how don't. I don't think it was. Yeah, I don't. Did you guys feel I, that way? At I, all? I, I like, don't think it think? was totally clear. Um, mm-hmm. Like even to the point where I think there's even a moment where 
Rhodey like winks at her and then or Skrull Rhodey winks at her and then and then she says the stuff about you know Nick being broken or whatever so like did they know that they were being listened to but he didn't know that they knew <laughs> you know what I mean it was it just you're right I don't think it was as clear as it, as it could have been but I think as far as like their relationship I, I definitely don't think they're going to stay married, but I think they'll never stop loving each other. Loving each other, exactly. um, And I thought that was a really, I thought the, the the question of would you have still loved me if I'd never changed is just such a heartbreaking way to end that conversation. And I want to shout out Charlene Woodard in this scene because she's just absolutely eating she's this great. moment up. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. especially alongside Samuel L. Jackson, who of course, you know, we've seen kill it before, but the way that she emotes so much in her face the moment that he tells her that she was his greatest mistake i i was like i was getting choked up like it was riveting like i didn't cry or anything but i was i i just i hope that even if they don't end up together that we do get more of her uh in this in this show um because i i definitely think that if anything i think you know that if if she was to to die i think that would be a really impactful moment for nick um, mm. so far at least uh, and then sorry just one more thing I wanted to note in the background on the wall you see a framed book called Decoding the Human Gene um, which you would assume is by the real Dr. Priscilla Davis so that makes me wonder if 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 maybe Dr. Priscilla Davis and um, Dr. Dalton worked together Right. Mm-hmm. As as these scientists, as these, you know, not just a, a doctor at a hospital, but a, a, a doctor in the sciencey way, <laughs> whatever that means, um, because a scientist, a scientist, is that what a scientist, it is? how <laughs> yes. that works, who has a doctor, a doctor in, sort in, in, in genealogy, genealogy, gene, genetics, genealogy. genetics, genetics. There, there we go. go. <laughs> got it. We got it. Um, Genealogy. I'm pretty sure it's a fucking website. No, but, but here's the thing, because um, because she she clearly already has an established relationship with Gravik beyond what Nick knew about. And so, you know, I wonder if all these experiments are coming from the real knowledge and memories of the now uh, deceased Priscilla Davis. And so I think that that could be how maybe they're able to tie in that sort of backstory uh, and where maybe Dr. Dalton uh, had come from and how they were able to sort of continue past uh, the the basic research and and sort of use some of those memories from Priscilla to move mm. forward. I don't know. I don't know. So that's is that your theory? Is that your? That's your, one of my theories. Yeah, that's a theory that I have. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but let's let's keep going here. We we cut now to a female scroll uh, taking a shower uh, as she walks towards the mirror. We see her admiring her own skin, almost longingly in a way that she sort of wishes she could stay in it. Uh, but then we see her begrudgingly sigh and wipe the steam away from the mirror to reveal, get this, guys, she's James Rhodes. Oh, and after uh, walking back into her apartment, she's confronted by Fury, who offers her a drink of Pappy Van Winkle. Uh, she asks him if it's uh, if, if she asks him for the real reason he's there, uh, and he tries to tell her that the scrolls uh, that there are scrolls in the U.S. government. Oh my gosh, um, he says. All Rhodes has to do to keep his mouth shut uh, about this is give him his job back. And after taking a drink of Van Winkle, Skrull Rhodes uh, shows him the footage of Gravik uh, as Fury shooting Maria Hill. She then tells him to, uh, you know, she tells him he has to 
hobble his ancient ass out of there uh, before he she gets him de- defenestrated, uh, which I thought was phenomenal. Uh, and we also see that Fury has tricked Skrull Rhodes into drinking Nano Tracker. So let's talk about this Skrull. Uh, the credits, the credits, the the graphics, the credits point out that Skrull uh, Rhodes is named Rava. Uh, which is very confusing when you have another character named Vara, uh, and I kept <laughs> going back and forth in my mind. Um, Darcy, who's Rava, and uh, and and Jen- for for both of you, what do you think about this confrontation between her and Fury? Uh, well, honestly, I'm a bit disappointed that this is the Rava we're getting because it's a far departure from her comic origins. Oh yeah. Uh, in the comics, there's a a scroll pirate named Rava who we meet in the Black Bolt series, so she's got ties to the Inhumans and also one of my favorite heroes the absorbing man so that's <laughs> all cool but she man. was a scroll who couldn't transform okay so her alias was was rava the unscrolled because she could she never learned to shapeshift so oh. the fact that she's playing Rhodes is again far departure from from the comic book origin i think it's just more using a name to to pay homage to the source material i guess more so than bringing a character over from the comics because rava is so delightfully fun she she speaks in third person oh it's a great little series the black bolt Oh, run from like 2017 or 2018. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because I mean, I I think for for like I I was just like okay, this is I, I quickly Googled it and Scrawl Pirate came up and I'm like that's pretty cool. But I I yeah, I'm I'm wondering if this is more just a a use of the name, maybe even more so than General Drogers or whatever his name is. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Hopefully that is is in actuality. Um. But uh. But yeah, I think. I kind of enjoyed the 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 back and forth between them. I I, I think it kind of felt like they both knew that they're yep. you know they're both yep. playing their cards to their chest, but they both already knew what was going on. And that line of Fury saying that the mole within the U.S. government is is as close to the president as he is from Rhodes in that moment was great. Um, and I, I actually really enjoyed the way that Don Cheadle plays mm-hmm. this Rava character, so sassy, so passive aggressive. And then just telling him to hobble his ancient ass out of there was just fantastic. Oh, yeah. Drunk with power, unlike the roadie we all know and love. Right, right. Never let the power go to his head. It's funny because it's like like the first instance where we see him in the restaurant that was like obviously the Nick slip, but like just his demeanor, his attitude, the way he was, he's using examples. Again, the wrestling example in in the church, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, that's definitely not how Rhodes would talk, right? Yeah. And then, you know, obviously here, now having that that realization and also playing with the idea that they both are in on it, they both know what's going on, as you said, Nate, that, you know, Don Cheadle is kind of now able to relax into this character and, and understand that there's a different side to Rhodey. Have and, fun. You know, it just, it, 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 it literally justified all the ways that we had seen little nuances of that character in those past scenes it, it, right away. And I also wonder if, if Rava is attempting to supersede Gravik uh, in this plan, right? Like, that's, that's I think, my theory. Yeah, like she's the ultimate bad guy. Like, I, I yeah. posited that Sonya could be a scroll who's who's opposite Fury, and then and then kind of trying to take over with Gravik's plan. But but now I, I almost kind of like this idea more that this Brava character could end up staying alive throughout this series, and then become like I would love if Rava became almost like the 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 Joker style kind of character to Fury. I think would be really cool, but with the kill count that Gravik has between Hill and what we'll talk about at the end of this episode, I mean, that might be kind of difficult to, to supersede that in, in, in Fury's mind, but yeah, I don't know. I think, I think 
Rava is, is definitely fueling the fire. Yeah. And to get what she wants. Mm-hmm. And she's obviously playing her part because, you know, there's a moment that we see where where uh, Rhodes in the in the vehicle will reach out, and it, it's clear that there's a relationship or some sort of connection with with Gravik, whether it's indirect or direct. I, I'm not sure, but it's it's cool though that you know there's that layer. I just wish that we could have like a established that sooner, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then also really just kind of focused on that. You know what I mean? Like focused on like this elusive, like shadowy thing that's, you know, around, you know, they did a really great job in the first episode. I thought when, you know, we see Nick interacting with different people and then at the end, they we bring see it back. Gravik, you know, becoming those different people that we saw very odd people that were like, who's that person? Right. But we, you know, there was a tension that was given to them in those moments in the scenes in the first episode. And here it's like, you, and then towards the end, you see how he was always kind of like around him. I wish we could have like, you know, maybe that would have been great if it was someone else. And then Gravik is still out there as a terrorist. Like, I don't know. I just feel like there's there with two episodes left in establishing this. I'm like, what are we running to? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Where, where are we going? As, as phenomenal as Kingsley's performance has been. And I yeah. think even, even, even makes just, a great villain. Yeah. A really mm-hmm. great villain. But Marvel, with these series, tends to sometimes still screw up their villains in terms of the execution, uh, mm-hmm. and and in terms of like the overall uh, arc of these characters. And so, hopefully, hopefully that doesn't happen. But um, we we see Rava as Rhodes welcoming President Ritson to London for their bilateral with the Russians. Uh, after quoting Lenin, Vladimir, not John, Rava is outed by the president for her breath smelling like half a bottle of whiskey. She deflects his questioning and then asks. Uh, one of the guards for a mint. Really quickly, can Skrulls, Darcy, can they get drunk off human alcohol? I'm sure if they drink enough, they could. You think so? I mean, it's also drinking it for the taste. Don't need to get drunk to enjoy it. Yeah, but he, he might whiskey. not be drunk. He just smells like it. Well, this is yeah, what I was thinking. smells think- like he's drunk. But see, this is what I was thinking because it, it didn't feel like like it, it, it didn't feel like she was drunk. Like she didn't act. I didn't think no, she no. was like slurring her words or, or falling over or anything it like just that. Just tastes good. It's a half a bottle of alcohol, like a half bottle of whiskey, no doubt. But then maybe maybe what it is is that the president's starting to notice that the demeanor of Rhodes is, is different. much different. Mm. So to to smell, right this this bourbon, right? He must assume, oh, he's drunk. Interesting, right? Mm. But I but I, I I like to your point, based on what we've seen of this. Rava Rhodes, they are definitely um, Rhodesva. Rhodesva. <laughs> well, I don't know. That sounds weird. Uh, they're um, they're definitely relaxing into their character, and I think that there's a bit of cockiness that's coming from mm. from Rava as Rhodes. Yeah, they're getting they're getting a little too because uh, they know what's happening loose. next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They need to tighten it up. Um, but uh, but the cavalcade begins, and they're they're you know they they go on their route, and Rava informs the other scrolls that the president is in the fourth car. They begin their attack, shooting two missiles at the cars, and Fury and Talos, who had been tracking Rava, quickly speed up to investigate. Uh, all out mayhem begins as Gravik and his men, uh, yelling in Russian, begin to attack. President Ritson is trapped uh, in his vehicle, upside down and unconscious. 
Uh, Fury takes out a helicopter with a missile launcher. Gravik crushes a guy with his Groot arm. Um, and Talos is shot as he attempts to break the glass to recover the president. One of the British troops believes that Talos is, uh, you know, an alien. He sees his half-alien face, uh, and he might be attempting to harm president, the president when Fury tells him to stand down and that Talos is with them. Talos successfully smashes the window open, and Fury recovers the president. But when he looks back, he sees the same British troop from earlier, uh, who I was kind of like, oh, that's nice. Like, he, oh, he's so quickly, like became like like oh woken up to the fact that they're they're good guys you know what i mean like that's lovely but no it wasn't that <laughs> british troop <laughs> from earlier um fury realizes and i realized that it's gravic uh and he shoots gravic once in the chest gravic stabs talos through the heart fury shoots gravic again through the side of the face but the extremis heals him and uh he rides off on a motorcycle driven by pagan uh defeated Fury leaves with the president as the camera shows a close-up of Talos dead on the ground. And that is the end of this week's episode. So he better be dead. This is what I was going to say. Like, (laughs) well, let's get into like, what, what do you think Gravik's actual plan was here? Was it to kill Talos or Fury or was it to get the president or what was it? Um, and is Talos really dead? 100% to get the the president. You saw how like shocked he was that Fury was there. He wasn't expecting Fury to show up. I I said the same thing to Nate as well. I I said, like, you could see that he was shocked to hear that Fury was there. He thought he'd beaten Fury and he's, like, now going to be killed by his wife or Mm. whatever. Like, like, that's off on its own. Fury's done and dealt with. So to see him come charging in with Talos at his side to rescue the, the president was definitely a shock to the system. Like he thought he if they up. reveal if they reveal yeah. that then we're both gonna eat those words. But I agree with Darcy. I think that it was there was a clear acknowledgement or face like shot shot of Gravik's face in shock or just kind of like frustration that Fury and Talos were here. So then he just sort of right? he's like, Well then let's shift the plan and Well, I don't do think it was I don't here. think it was he was yeah, let's let's do and like kill he, Talos. We're not gonna, yeah. But like again, was that part of the plan or did he just get lucky? I think that he just got lucky and there was an opportunity yeah. and he, he took, he took one of them out, right? He's so, trying to hurt he's trying to yeah, hurt Fury. He's again, trying to break I, Fury even more. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Interesting. But I think, yeah, it's clear that there's the plan was here to to extract the president and probably again, very much like what they did in Russia, make it look like it was a US terrorist attack in Russia. Mm-hmm. They were trying to make it look like Russians attacking the president to incite war mm-hmm. right to incite a war between these two nuclear powers right it's you know there's there is the the fuel here for something that is very politically gritty you know what i mean but again there's just not that much of attention to it right because it's all just being written so quickly right so it's like I, I get what the what what the implications are but i don't know it's just like w- there's just not enough to explain why and what the plan is to it, right? Other than just, to, I guess, incite war so that they well, again, can kind of live. Skrulls are immune to radiation, so they're okay with the nuclear waste then that would be left after World War Three. Which, but is that established with. at all in this? And like, I, I mean, they live, a, uh, they live on a nuclear waste. Nuclear the power. Plan. No, no, no. I, I mean, but I mean, like, is I mean, his plan. Like, have they established that that is his plan with getting all of these, you know, you know. Uh, nuclear power. I mean, I did in a previous Watch Club, Justin, if you were listening, but uh, but no, they. I don't think they've really <laughs> shown no, too much. No, that's a common a common thing is that the next World War will be fought with bombs, not armies, and and that would leave the you know 
planet a nuclear wasteland. So like he's trying to push the planet to that point. Mm. So that way the only people left would be the Skrulls. Right. So that's right. he's doing that through war, and the way they fight their wars is through subterfuge and infiltration. So he's yeah. just doing and that's what, what they're doing, do and that's what they're doing. Okay, yeah. so I guess like you don't really need to explain that. It's probably a little more implied, but I, I don't know. I just feel like again, there's thing, there's so many different trajectories that this thing that this this series seems to have that they're not sticking to any of. Yeah, them, right. Mm. Yeah, I think the the um the the you know who can you trust? Who's a scroll sort of mentality? has sort of taken a backseat uh, at this point in the show, and I guess we're halfway through, so that's, I guess that's okay, but I kind of felt like that would be through to the end. Um, yeah. As much as it hurts to say, I think, I, because I th- Ben Mendelsohn is so damn good as Talos, but I think, yeah, he's really dead. I think they can't do back-to-back fake-outs. Just don't try to. Um, I just, I did find, like, his death to be a little... A little bit unceremonious, yeah, right. Like it, I think you know, Gravit just gets on a bike and drives away. <laughs> not even on a bike and drives away. Gets on a bike, hugs Pagan on the back of the bike, and drives away. Um, I just, I don't know. I felt like for for a character of an an actor of his caliber, uh, again, I think this was a sequence where I think it deserved a, a little bit more. I, I mean, it is. I get it because it's going to be the the catalyst that drives Gaia to Fury's yeah. side, right? Yeah. So I, I understand that, but. I just I don't know. I just hope it has I hope it has more staying power with these characters and that they they kind of maybe have a moment to go back to it to to really you maybe. know give it its due. I don't know. I, I hope so too, but like again, given the fact that as you said in the previous scene with Gaia and and Talos, you know, so poorly written, not giving the actors anything, these great actors that you have for this show and it's just such a as a half-ass scene to then come here and make a very half-ass death. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just, it, it, it feels like par for the course with this show where it's just like, it's where does his attention, uh, it's attention lie. Right. And what, what story are they, are they, are they telling? I, I feel confused, but not in a good way. <laughs> no. Not in a way where I'm like, I'm no, confused. Not in the way where fun. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no. And I'm trying to figure out the mystery. Yeah. I just, I don't know if I'm really tracking with, What's, and I, I'm watching these episodes every week, you know what I yeah. mean? I'm, I'm, I'm into them. I've gone back and I looked at, at moments and, you know, I'm, I've watched past, like, YouTube videos. But I'm just like, there's all this great making for, for uh, you know, a political thriller style thing. But there's just so many layers that I don't know what it's trying to stick to. Mm. Yeah. Uh, mm. Well, um, before we get to our final thoughts and kind of de- just kind of get in a little bit more of an elaboration on what you're talking about there, Justin. Uh, do we have any scroll secrets uh that we want to we want to share uh before we get to our final thoughts go ahead darcy you don't got no secrets no no, not scroll ones (laughs) well i guess my only scroll secret my scroll secret secret. stop stop whispering um um, my skull secret is probably more in relation to what you were talking about before nate where i think that uh rava is is kind of like the one that's you know feeding the fire she wants nick out of the picture she wants gravik out of the picture she's hoping they'll both just take each other out i think she's trying to see what which ones will take out who first sorry mm-hmm. uh but inevitably i think what's going to come down to it is is nick and gravik will will kind of go at it um in the end but you know 
Rob is there for the for the for the mayhem for the craziness. But I'd like to know more about this character. Like, do you think next episode will just be a Rava episode and we see how she kind of if this show was this if this show was ten episodes long, sure, Justin. But it, sure, no. right? But six episodes, no. like you don't have time. Feel this six exactly. unless you unless we get like the most we might get, Justin, is a flashback. Like one flashback that cuts one back flashback. to show us where Rava sort of came. Yeah, they from. wouldn't give her. They wouldn't give a bottleneck episode where it was like you know, kind of like how uh, I would love that. WandaVision because next but, next week is the penultimate. Yeah. right. This is episode five. Yeah. So it's like it's like you know, in it was great in in um, in WandaVision when they you get to that. But to your point, they had a lot of build up to it, and yeah, I I don't I I, I guess I'm just hopeful that the show will do you're something. Like Talos. You're like Talos. You're just like, hopeful, yeah. but you're delusional. Hopeful. Um, <laughs> I, I think for for uh, for my scroll secret secret um, I was hearing secrets from the same person that you are hearing secrets from Justin because oh. um, because and this might be a bit of a stretch okay because I do think Gaia absolutely is gonna come to Fury's side but I think it's gonna be almost as a means to an end because I don't think that she will be convinced uh, that 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 Earth is a good place. Uh, for her, even if she does learn that it was Gravik that took out her dad, I think Rava is going to just sneak right in there and say, okay, I can poison this kid's mind. I can bring her to the dark side, if you will. And I, I do think that 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 Gaia is still going to want a home. And I think Rava is going to push her into thinking that Earth is still that home. Um, because, I mean, in trailer footage, we do see uh, Gaia working alongside Vara. But for how long? Um, I, I just I have a, I have this weird inkling in my mind that that they're going to be setting Amelia Clark up to be um, another v- sort of anti-hero villain character uh, within the MCU, and I think that would be really cool for her. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess I do have a bit. Oh, of a, a somebody was whispering secret. you to you. I, I'm not I, whispering. Secrets. No one was whispering. No, no whispering was happening. <laughs> Has no one I been guess... whispering with you? No, Jeez. Justin, you're the only uh, one that whispers with me. Secret. So. Just on the topic, going back to why how uh, Gaia gets the extremist powers, and I'm wondering, did she get other powers? Like, while well, she was in grabbing one, why not grab the whole right? bouquet? While Download the there? whole Pokedex. And yeah. so I'm wondering if they're almost setting her up to be like the first version of the Hulkling, like or MCU MCU's version of the Hulkling, where it was mm. the Skrull who was hiding on Earth and pretending to be a, a, a Hulk of some oh, sort, but cool. he was just a Skrull who was using some of the super scroll powers he had to, to emulate those powers. So I'm wondering if that's maybe the, the road they're going. She downloaded a bit she of call obsidian in her. Yeah, exactly. Like has a bit more strength or whatever. Just, you know, something mm. to be more defensible than just healing yourself. Cause you got to go on the offense sometimes too. You know, I had a previous scroll secret where I was like, what other series did they, you know, have about DNA extraction and she Hulk, you know, could we be getting mm-hmm. that? It's, maybe that actually works perfectly for that. Right. Oh, yeah. Like I, Interesting. There you go. That's the, there. You Thank go. you. Pulled that one out of my ass. <laughs> what a great I like secret. It. Secret. Secret. Let's get to Thanks our final secret. thoughts uh, and overall impressions of this episode, uh, which we're going to be giving a, a score on a scale of one to five bottles of Pappy Van Winkle. Uh, and Darcy, I'll get you to kick us off. Uh, I guess. I mean, I I do think that this is suffering from the runtime it is the shortest of the four episodes so far and it leaves a lot of stuff that you'd want to you know spend some more time on give them a bit more weight to these 
these rushed dialogue scenes and stuff like that. And even the action scene, while it had some cool moments, it felt very sloppy and just guys with a lot guns. of stormtrooper shooting going on. Like, yeah, yeah, it was, it, it was, was confusing. It was a lot very, of lazy. Yeah. Editing. I didn't know what side to be rooting for because yeah. they were all wearing helmets and, and flak vests and stuff like that. So yeah, I guess this one was definitely the lowest of the four so far. I'm hoping that, as we near the end that they again pay a bit more attention to the these these political thriller threads that they've been laying down and and stop introducing new concepts like I don't need to know the name of the scroll who's playing Rhodey because I don't care about that I care about how what that's going to lead to at some yes. point so yeah. don't set up a character to to build a backstory that we won't get cuz I feel like that's just unnecessary storytelling in my opinion mm. so this one will be getting 3 out of 5 bottles of Poppy Van Winkle because again the the, the questions I had weren't oh what's going to happen next it's why did they do that how come this is happening right now this doesn't make sense yeah. so that's that's sloppy writing in my opinion there we go justin how about yourself well uh i am with darcy but i'll, I'll start with the positive i think the the highlight of this episode is as we were talking about are the two scenes with vara and fury mm-hmm. um you know in both in 2012 and and the confrontation back at the at their little cottage, if you will. Um, those are the best moments. Those are the best best parts. That's that's the only real thread that I see from episode to episode is is this Fury background story that they're very consistent with. But everything else, as Darcy mentioned, in terms of political thriller and and all the little th- things that they're they're hinting at and, and implying, they don't matter. And uh, you know, I was. Not as upset as I am about this episode, but last week's episode I wasn't a huge fan of. I, I think it, again, shows it's an example of lazy writing, bad editing, you know, things that are very half-assed written and, you know, that, that should have a little bit more moment or, or a little more importance, but they're just kind of brushing it off and things that felt uh, so obvious to filler of like, let's move you from here to here to here as, a, as, as you experience the story. And it's like, okay. And I could forgive a third episode, but then when you go, when you double down on episode four, this is game time. This is game time. You're getting to the end of of the season uh, or of this short mini series, and you you go even further with again, yes, uh, a, a, the shortest runtime of of the series thus far, but also just so much more apparent lazy writing, lazy editing, uh, just inconsistent all around in terms of actually guiding the viewer through a consistent sense of 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 the story stuff with Rhodes as well also as as a positive i forgot to mention that's good but i don't think i can forgive this episode for being so um again lazy uh you know it's it's part of the reason probably I'm, i'm so frustrated is that you know at the time of recording this it's it's july 13th uh, actors are on strike. Yeah. Uh, things have been said from from Bob Iger, um, mm. and one of the things that he said uh, outside of the 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 actor strike is, you know, Marvel has you know kind of diluted their product uh, by putting out too many shows. And then you see an episode like this, and you think, yeah, he's not wrong because it's like the, what's it what's it the the overall like the the idea the concept seems so interesting, but its deliver its delivery is so evident of of being lazy. Right. And it's like, what what value will it will it add to to the thing? So, you know, I just wish there was more thought and concern or thought given to these shows, like the thought that was given to other shows that did work. Right. And that did have have a good focus. But I think it's it's just one of those things where it's like 
I, I don't think I've ever been so disappointed in, in a Marvel show mm. uh, in an episode just because of, of how apparent it was that this was just scrapped together. Yeah, so for that reason, I am going to be uh, giving this episode a score of 2.5 out of 5 bottles of Pappy Van Winkle. Oof. Oof. Not enough to... Not, not enough, enough to track to, me. To track you, unfortunately. <laughs> um, yeah, I think this episode felt like an in-between episode when it shouldn't have been an in-between episode. Um, it's it just, you know, it, it, we're gonna. It, it's gonna sound very like um, like they can't satisfy the fans because I think like we talked about in the first uh, in the first episode. I think we talked about like, oh, I hope they speed things up. And then by the third episode, I was like, they're speeding things up way too quickly. Slow down. Uh, and in this episode, I felt very similar to how I felt about the last episode. Um, I think this story in general is too big for six episodes. Um, I could mm -hmm. be wrong by the end of this series, and I, I really hope I am. But I think, yeah, this episode was messy. I think the the cards are being revealed, and they're not at the like mind-blowing level that I was hoping they would be. Um, and I, I, you know, we, we just got through our, uh, or I just got through a binge of all the Mission Impossible movies and for, for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. And, and there are like some of those moments, especially in Fallout, where I was like, no way, right? And like, I wanted that for this show. And I just, I didn't, I still haven't quite gotten that. Um, I think they've sort of moved away, as I was saying, from the, the anyone could be a scrawl, trust no one sort of. Uh, twistiness and and they're just it's just not doing it for me. Um, I think to what you said earlier, J Justin, phenomenal performances in this episode. I think throughout this entire show, there have been mm. phenomenal interactions between two characters sitting down and chewing up a scene. Charlene Woodard, Woodard is just incredible, uh, and I think Don Cheadle and the way that we were talking about playing Raval, mm. like sassy and subtle and fun, um, I think is really really great. I think I think though, like we were saying between. You know, uh, Talos and, and Gaia, I think these performances at times, though, deserve a bit more in terms of narrative structure and time to breathe. Um, and I think if if this all turns out that this episode was messy and the previous episode was not as great for some huge payoff in the end that makes me like rewatch the show in an entirely different light, then I'll be happy to be wrong. Uh, but for now, um, this episode was meh. I'm giving it three out of five bottles of Pappy Van Winkle. I think it's just sort of, if it wasn't for those performances, I, I'd probably be with you, Justin, down near a two. Um, but those performances just got me there to a three. Um, I, I do think this series overall has the opportunity to be potentially just as great as its first two episodes, but we'll just have to see in its final I'm losing two. faith. Yeah. I'm losing yeah. faith. Now you're not right, as Because then at the end of the day, if this is a strong one and two and then a strong... Uh, five and six, then why the hell do we have three and four, right? <laughs> well, like, you know, why you know, not just extend not every up the going to be a banger, right? Like, of course, but like, I, I bet at, at the end of the day, like, is that just what we're meant to expect? I guess based on the the product that we're getting. Again, it, it's it's like we've now, as as fans, are being are conditioning the idea of like sloppy writing and poor execution as like oh well that's just that's just how it is yeah you know that's that's just the mcu now or that's just star wars or that's just any of that stuff it's like when it's so apparent that they're that that it's it's just poorly written and poorly executed i don't think that it comes down to appeasing fans you know in a way it's just how are you how are you handling your the material how are you telling this story i think it's the same way i feel about the flash mm. 
right? You know, in a lot of ways and that it's just, how are you, how are you trying to tell this story, right? Well, hopefully uh, we do get two more banger episodes, but that is it for this week's episode of Watch Club for Marvel's Secret Invasion. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, and if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts, if you haven't already. And if you want to write into the show with uh, your thoughts or your predictions on the shows we cover in Watch Club, well, let me just pass a glass of nano trackers over to Justin so he can let you know how you can reach us. <laughs> well, they can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or they can reach out to us on Twitter at geekcentricyt or on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. And yes, we know everyone's been asking, but yes, we are on threads. We are on threads. In case you're wondering, we're there. So come hit us up on threads. Thread it up. Let's go. Um, yeah, enjoy that drink, Justin. Uh, keep in mind, we also have a ton of other episodes covering the latest and greatest shows and movies out now, uh, including our recent spoiler-free reviews for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, The After Party Season 2, Netflix's Nimona, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, and the flash uh plus we have a ton of other great interviews uh out now like our most recent interview with the cast and showrunner for foundation uh now in its second season on apple tv plus i had a really great time chatting with showrunner david s goyer uh, and cast members leah harvey cassian bilton Calvinder gear laura byrne and yes lee pace for you marvel fans that's ronan the accuser the destroyer Darcy is a destroyer. destroyer. Okay. Destroyer. Was he a, was he an accuser at one point and then became a destroyer? Uh, he's destroying he leads something. The accuser faction, and in the comics, he's running the accuser. But in the MCU, there he was running the destroyer. Okay, okay, okay. Got it. Well, I'm a fake fan. Uh, but uh, if you're listening to this and you are a real fan of sci-fi, I highly recommend you check out the show um, and, and these interviews. Um, you know, I, I think this show, this this story, is what inspired most. Uh, of the sci-fi that you love so definitely uh check it out um and if you can't get enough of of this show secret invasion we also have an interview with kingsley benadir gravik himself and director of this show ali salim uh so you can check those out on your podcast service of choice or over on youtube at youtube.com slash geek the hot geek summer is blowing up like uh like president ritson's cavalcade or uh, a, a, a explosion that might happen in theaters near you <laughs> no, well maybe not like you know what i mean uh yeah, don't say that before <laughs> leading up to what you're about to say next come on soon we'll have coverage of movies like oppenheimer uh and haunted mansion uh and we'll have a review of one of my favorite shows the bear season two with even more after that so stay tuned for what's uh next for us here but until then justin darcy Thank you so much for joining me for this Watch Club. And as we say... Is it still Scroll You Later? later. Justin, do you have anything better? No, he doesn't. Anything better? No? No. Scroll You Later. That's what you came up with? Yeah, that's all we have. (laughs) That's all we got. Oh, my God. (laughs) So let's just listen. We should have have workshopped that. It's fine. It's fine. So you, two so. of us, we couldn't think of anything. I, <laughs> I don't know. It's a content director. That's not, that's not very good content. I'm just telling well, you. Well, so. listen, <laughs> you come up with something better and we'll talk. Uh, Scroll you later. But for now. <laughs> yeah, it's like we're turtles we'll, or something. We'll say it together like the turtles we are. Scroll, Scroll you later. later. <laughs> it's great. Well, there haven't been any complaints, so that's, that's no. a good sign. Exactly. <laughs>